Hold on, let me squirt some whipped cream directly into my mouth. That was delicious. Our ears are in danger. To soothe them and the galaxy, we must review the 52 Cybertron episodes before the haters can dismiss them as awful. It is our mission. Stuart. Trish. Susan. Josh. Transform and roll out. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, lizards and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and anyone else I have not included in that. Welcome to the More Than Meets the Ear podcast. At least that's what I'm calling it for now. <laughs> if the title of the podcast sounded very edited in, then it was. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't really decided yet on exactly what the name is going to be, so we're, we're trying our best. We're working on it. <laughs> it's a working title. We're also realizing that Josh has never hosted a podcast, and now that we're on air, has no clue what the heck is happening. Hey, I don't know what's happening either. So we're going to attempt to uh, work our way through Transformers Cybertron episode by episode, starting very logically with... Episode 1 and episode 52 for reasons. Because, you know, that's normal. <laughs> but before we get into those reasons, <laughs> let's everyone introduce ourselves. Uh, I'll start because I'm talking, so I have the talking stick. I am Josh. I had this crazy idea. I found these random strangers on the internet. I am almost 30 and feel old, and I actually grew up on this series. My first Transformers show was Energon, but the universe has decided very rightly that that one's terrible, so we're going to talk about the first one I watched that I thought was good. I've been in the fandom since Energon and Cybertron, and have absorbed pretty much everything one can reasonably absorb in that amount of time that is not exclusively in Japanese. Uh, somebody else go next. You have to pass the talking stick. Yeah, you have to pass the stick, dude. Okay, uh, Susan, you take the talking stick. <laughs> well, okay then. Um, hi everybody, I'm Susan. Some of you might know me as Suna, but I'm gonna go by Susan because names are confusing. Um, I've been a fan of Transformers since the live-action movie because I'm a little baby and I'm only 23, so... Um, I was raised mostly on, like, animated and prime, because I didn't get into it until I was a little bit older. But I did watch Cybertron because I'm a crazy fan, and I'm gonna be the one who talks about how weird it is, because I have no nostalgia goggles whatsoever. Oh, I have all the nostalgia goggles. <laughs> we know you do, Josh. Um, I'm gonna pass the talking stick to Stuart. I'm Stuart. I started watching Transformers in the 80s, got a bunch of the toys when I was a kid, and was a fan ever since. I took a break from collecting in the mid-90s, got back into it in about 95, and really have just been on board ever since. Um, I didn't watch Cybertron uh, when it came out, when it was broadcasting, because I just moved to Texas and started a new family so it just wasn't something i had time for but 
I'm interested to see where this series goes. And now I'll pass the talking stick to Trish. Hey guys, I am Trish. I am the babiest of the babies. I am only 19, freshly turned, and I have been a Transformers fan. I liked Transformers when the live action movies came out, but I didn't actually get into the fandom until Dark of the Moon and made my deep dive. <laughs> Three years ago, um, Transformers Prime and Animated I was raised on, but Transformers Prime is my favorite. That's my baby. I have no experience whatsoever with Cybertron, apparently. And I love the novels. Transformers novels. And, yep, that's me. So, Talking Stick is going back to Josh now. The, the novels is very vague. What novels? The novels, um, well, Exodus is my favorite, but I like all the novels. Um, Exodus, Retribution, um, Exiles. Let's see, they did a whole line on the movies. It was a whole prequel series but I forget the names of those ones, but I love them. They were all so good. Okay, so it is just vaguely the novels. I mean, Exodus is my favorite, but yes, vaguely the novels. I love the novels. I do have that Exodus hardcover, and at one point I wanted to do an audiobook of it, and this was, like, back when I didn't have a real microphone. I think I even at some point somehow recorded chapter one and then realized it had been an hour and my voice hurt it, and I didn't want to do any more of it after <laughs> that. <laughs> I have read that book so many times. The pages are so creased. It's kind of sad. I need a new copy. <laughs> well, now we know what to get you for your birthday. Right? Well, you're gonna have to wait a whole year for that. Oh, we were close. Yeah, you, you missed it. <laughs> you guys missed it. Good try, though. So should we talk about Cybertron? Yes. Probably. We should. That's our job now. <laughs> oh, I like this. Our new job. For which we are not being paid. Yet, at least. Yet. <laughs> Transformers Cybertron is a Japanese anime that was dubbed into English. The anime was called Galaxy Force. There's not really any logic to either of those titles, but meh, they exist. Galaxy Force's first two episodes were taken and edited together into some jumbled mess of what became the pilot for Cybertron. So what we have elected to do is not talk about just that jumbled mess of the first episode of Cybertron, but to also take the, the 52nd episode of Cybertron and include it in the same conversation. Because for some reason, they decided later, hey, we only have 51 episodes. What should we do to have, like, the magical 52 episodes so we can air one every week? Uh, hey, we didn't do both of the first two episodes of the... Let's... Let's just dub the second episode in its entirety and slap it on at the end. And every time we air the show, we're just going to slap it on at the end. And no one's going to know what's happening. <laughs> so we're talking about episode one and episode 52 today. Both of which, in case you haven't seen it, um, they share a lot of the same, if not all of the same, animation. I think there's a couple chunks that are different, but like at least a solid 10 out of the 20 minutes are exactly the same in episode 52 as they are in episode one. That was weird. I was like, you're watching the exact same episode, but like with different lines. It's kind of fun and weird. Yeah, and right. that is a weird bit is that they they dub scenes a second time with different dialogue. <laughs> and there are yeah. some things I want to compare when we get to them, but... I was the weird one here, and I watched 
both episodes of Galaxy Force and both episodes of Cybertron. So I watched 80 minutes, approximately, of this show, and most of them were the same minutes. (laughs) That sounds like a time warp. (laughs) That's dedication. That is dedication. You know, it was actually rather fascinating, (laughs) and I have lots of notes. (laughs) I have a separate page of notes for each individual episode. So I have have four pages of notes, because that's how math works. I mean, I have like half a page of notes for each, but they're on two separate pages. So technically, I have two pages of notes, even though I really only have one page of notes. So so you are wasting paper. <laughs> I am wasting paper. I'm worried now that I didn't put in the proper amount of effort because I just picked up my to-do list with my grocery list on the back, flipped it over, and wrote down stupid moments that made me laugh. So <laughs> those count as notes. <laughs> I feel like I might have did this wrong. I mean, I spewed my water across the room at one point in time, so you know it, it's fine. <laughs> Wait, did did we get an actual spit take? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was taking a drink of water the first time Thundercracker came on screen, and then I was no longer taking a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeehaw! <laughs> I was dying. Young lady, you got a problem with how a thundercracker sounded, huh? You got some kind of problem with that? Honestly, yes. Kind of, yes. <laughs> it's all right. He died. You ain't got to worry about it no more. Aww, I think he died at least. I was like, did dead? he die? I don't, I don't remember him actually dying. Did he die? I can't really remember. He went through a wormhole, didn't he? He did. Oh, well... So let's start at the very beginning, even though the very beginning is actually <laughs> like halfway through the first episode of Galaxy Force. <laughs> we start out with something completely out of context that makes no sense. It's Hotshot and Jetfire uh, loading up their stuff to evacuate Cybertron, complaining about how they have to leave. So as they're doing this, suddenly Starstream attacks. And no one knows what's going on because the entire sequence of events is just a jumbled mess. Yeah, I was completely lost. Yeah, I had no idea what was happening. Though on the plus side, it does give a lot of opportunity for massive exposition dumps later with like that ripple PowerPoint transition effect. <laughs> so there, there was that added benefit. We had no idea what was going on, but they could later explain it instead of just telling us what was going on in the beginning because that's how tv works i guess well interestingly i don't think you get flashbacks in galaxy force like everything's told in chronological order Hmm. uh essentially the the sequence of events in galaxy force you start on cybertron you see this other planet called moraturus fall into the black hole then they talk about doing the evacuation then Vector Prime shows up, then the Decepticons attack, then Landmine is thrown off and falls to Earth, and you flash back and forth between that and the humans on Earth just chilling. Can I just say how much I love Vector Prime already? Like, he just came on and instantly opened up, like, a warp. That was awesome. I, I love Vector Prime, and that was I was like, oh, Vector Prime! So that was exciting for me. Just to see Vector Prime pop up on screen like that. He's a cool... Oh no. There's going to be a discrepancy then because I thought he was the most stupid, boring (laughs) deus ex machina character I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, my man man really came out of like this warp out of absolutely nowhere. And apparently he's made out of like gears and stuff. So I guess he's steampunk 
Transformer, yep. but badly animated. <laughs> and he just, in the first episode, he just shows up. He just walks in and he's and Optimus is like, oh my God, is that Vector Prime? And everyone's like, wow, Vector Prime. And he's like, here is the map to the MacGuffins. <laughs> like, bro, where'd you come from? Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. But Vector Prime, I mean, you know, all of the 13 Primes... I don't know about in this show, but in, like, I like I said, I have absolutely zero context for this show. But in the other shows, you know, the Primes are all kind of like that. And the only experience that I have with Vector Prime otherwise is in Transformers Exiles and in the Covenant of Primus. And he's just as cryptic and random as he is there, as he is in, in this show so far. He just, like, randomly shows up to one of the battles and is like, hey, here, have this and go to a time warp. It's great. And so it was kind of nice to see a character that I knew, and that was fun. I appreciate that. This is actually where Vector Prime first shows up anywhere in canon. Like, he's from this show. Yeah. I like the fact that you mentioned, like, the whole 13 Primes thing, because that brings up another point I wrote down. Because, like, with the whole 13 Prime stuff, I mean, they kind of sort of mentioned that in Prime. The the show Prime. We're going to say Prime a lot on this <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but... They kind of mentioned that, like, once you get the the Matrix or you become a Prime or however it happens, you become, like, really stoic. And Vector Prime, is that in this show? Optimus is not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's constantly operating at, like, an 11 out of 10. And when he when he attacked Megatron, he was at, like, 15 out of 10. Oh, My yeah. man was screaming. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. There was no stoicism there at all. No stoicism. This Optimus has, like, zero... Um, chill. Oh, he's not composed. I was gonna say he's not composed at all. He has no composition. It's kind of like like G one Optimus if he had rabies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. G one Optimus if he had rabies. That's a perfect description of what is going on with this Optimus. I did also appreciate the the alt mode joke when they were like the the alt mode sass that they were giving when they finally did get to Earth, and. He was like, you're going to turn into a tank. And a tank? the other Are dude, I can't remember their names. It's been like... Scattershot. I think it was Scat... Was it Scattershot? Probably. Yeah. That was Scattershot. Yeah. It was Scattershot. Okay. But he was like, you're a fire truck with laser guns. <laughs> He's like, but fire trucks are bigger. <laughs> yes, but a fire truck is bigger. I love how Susan's like, I, I, I don't remember. It's been like two hours since I watched Yeah, she's episode. like, oh wait, I forgot to do my homework. I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> Listen, I forgot that I was supposed to watch it, and I also forgot that it was Wednesday. So, on the plus side, it did give me an excuse to get on my TV and open my windows and blast Transformers, so I'm pretty sure all my neighbors are really concerned about my mental health right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I also forgot it was Wednesday, but I did manage to watch the first two episodes of Cybertron. Yeah. I did recite the entire intro and screamed at the top of my lungs that the Autobots would destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. (laughs) Yeah, I saw Megatron walk on screen and I was like, who is this guy? Because I watched like the first 15, 20 episodes of Armada the other day. And then I was so I had finally gotten used to that Megatron. I legit thought he was like Scorponok. When he first came on screen, I was like, ooh, this creative Scorponok <laughs> is interesting, but I'm surprised they picked this guy to be the first Decepticon we see on screen. Oh, wait, nope, it's Megatron. And so then when this Megatron <laughs> came on screen, I was like, this doesn't look like Megatron, but I feel like this is Megatron, but I'm not really sure what's happening. 
here. And then it was Megatron. Armada is Antler Megatron, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Antler Megatron. And Cybertron is Diet Prowl Megatron. Yep. That that is a great comparison. Cybertron has kind of vomited a rainbow Megatron, but yeah. <laughs> Oh or not so much vomited a rainbow, but vomited the entire Decepticon spectrum of the rainbow. Yeah. I love the eye color, though. Like, he was really rocking it. I like seeing Megatron without the, the classic red eyes. It was a good look for him. Yeah, Indeed. it is. It's fun. And we do have an interesting thing about Megatron in Fallen, the, the first episode of Cybertron. That's not David Kay voicing him. Did oh. anyone else notice that? I yeah. noticed that. I was like, I thought this was, you know, David Kay and Gary Chalk. And I was like, that is that is not David Kay. I was like, there was a couple seconds when it sounded like it could be him. But no, I was like, who is this guy? Oh, you cannot defeat me, Optimus Prime. Th- this is actually uh, Trevor Duvall. Not David Kay. In just this episode. For whatever reason, hmm. I guess David was busy. Uh, Trevor Duvall also voiced uh, Scourge in Transformers Cybertron, who will show up later. And in R.I.D. 2015, he was Hermit. Oh, he's the crazy old Hermit dude with the tinfoil hat. Okay, he was that guy. (laughs) The government put something in my cactus juice. That's not gonna work, you hear me? And in Energon, he's Alpha Q, Bruticus Maximus, and the Terracons. I did appreciate that he was he was trying to have that David K voice, but he was so obviously trying to like put his voice in that really mm-hmm. low register, mm-hmm. and you could tell he was kind of straining at some parts. And I was like, "Oh, honey, you're doing your best. Like it's okay. <laughs> like like pat on the back, dude. A for effort." Speaking of weird things, um, can we address the the elephant in the room or the landmine in the hole, if you will? That the, was the ATV pulling you. him out of the hole. That part. I do want to talk about that because it was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. The elephant in the room being the animation and the fact that the Transformers are CGI being stuck into this clearly anime 2D cell shaded world. It was so weird. Because <laughs> like the, the anime part, the animated part, it looks really good. And then the CGI is just not fabulous. I mean, it's really not fabulous, but the kids were cute. Okay, the kids aren't so bad as of right now. Except for the part where, I think, what's his name, Kobe? Uh, when he introduces Lori to Lamine, is like, oh yeah, this is the female of the species. I was like, excuse you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> what the heck? Where is this coming from? It's really weird that, uh, that when she comes on for that bit, Kobe's like, what took you so long? Yeah. I was just changing my shirt. She went home to change clothes. Like, that's perfectly reasonable. Right? When you're trying to haul a giant robot out of the ground and get him somewhere safe, you just go home and change your shirt and, you know, take who only knows how long. Listen, a girl's got to look good and you got to have that shirt with the map to the cyber keys on it for some reason. Right? Right right (laughs) off the bat. Just, oh, look, there's the map to the cyber keys. Oh, my gosh. Except the, that's one of the things that really confuses me at the end of the episode when Jolt sees the symbol on her shirt. Right after he's mentioned, I've never heard of Earth. He's like, ah, your shirt, a thing <laughs> that I know what it is on a planet that I've never been on. Yeah. Like, why do you know what a shirt is? You're a robot. That happens a lot in Transformers shows where, like, they they don't understand human things, but then they also 
do because he didn't understand like what what grades were i'm like i'm pretty sure you've been graded on things on cybertron but okay good good try and then he's like oh okay you have a shirt and also you're female like pick 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 a struggle man like (laughs) do you know what's going on or not no but no he said that and i was like whoa I don't think Landmine cares that she is the female, and he just said it weird. The female of the species. He just said it weird, and I was like, I don't think Landmine really cares, but thank you. I don't really know. I mean, at th- at this point, we don't even know that Transformers have females, so maybe he has no idea what that even means. Right? In which case, definitely, why the heck would you include it? But, you know, kids, it- kids do strange things. Do you think Lori had to explain that she was of a female? Because, like, in, in this universe, there, I guess there's no female Transformers? There are. Oh, okay. There are two female Transformers in this show that I can think of offhand. I think it is just two, but they don't show up for a little while. And one of them is actually a male character in Japan whose gender got changed for the dub because Cartoon Network wanted more ladies. Good for her. um i guess i mean landmine at one point did ask oh no it was kobe who asked landmine are you standard or metric uh when he was doing the measurements (laughs) so i guess maybe maybe those are the genders on cybertrons standard and metric (laughs) i didn't even catch that and then we never get the answer I love how Landmine's answer is, you know, I never really thought about it, as if he has any idea what that question even means. <laughs> even if he did, that's such a weird way to respond. Like, that's being like, you know, what size socks do you wear? Like, are you more a small medium or a large extra large? You know, I've never mm-hmm. thought about it. Like, bro, you never, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never worn socks? <laughs> but I mean, if they have different units of measurement on Cybertron, then it would make sense. But the fact, like, then he he should have replied, "I don't know what that is," instead of assuming like he knows what it is, but still has no idea what he's talking about. It's just a weird response. He's trying to do that thing where he actually has no idea what he's talking about, but he's trying to like pass it off as if he does, like <laughs> kind of like pretending, like he thought maybe it was like a you know, how you feeling today? And he's like, you know, haven't thought about it. But it was actually, it was a, a what, there were only two answers, and he gave the, the seventh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I just want to know where I can get a quad that can pull a transformer out of a crater. Like, can I please yeah. get that quad? I mean, that was just <laughs> super strong. <laughs> Using normal ropes, not even, like, chains or anything, just wrapped some normal rope around this dude, and this quad didn't even, like, backflip when i think landmine twitched a little bit and it just kept going forward i was like it didn't even twitch this is a strong ass quad (laughs) the weird thing about that scene is since i watched galaxy force first this is one of the few things that the weird cutting of the dub actually makes better but in galaxy force it seems like landmine is conscious and he's starting to move and then they pull him out with the with with the ATV thing, and then he stands up, and like, why did you even need that then? But in the dub, they cut some of that, so it seems like Landmine's unconscious, and they pull him out, and pulling him out wakes him up. So then he stands up, like, yes, huh. that actually makes some sense. Oh no! See, what me watching the dub, I totally thought that he was kind of like groaning while they were pulling him he out, was, and I was like, just was. give him, just give him five minutes. 
and he'll stand up on his own. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe Lori had to drive home to get the ATV too because she wanted to change her shirt. But you know, I try not to judge. I mean, imagine just kind of laying in this crater, being like, I don't know where the heck I am or what the heck just happened, and then some random ass Earthlings just start wrapping stuff around you and pulling you out of this crater. Imagine how disoriented you'd be. I'd be like, what the heck? Like that would wake me up too. I'm not gonna lie. If I'm just sitting here trying to recover, trying to recover. That, that would definitely wake me up. I'd want to stand up as quick as possible, too. So I don't blame the guy. Not really. He was so polite about it, though. He was very like, polite. Immediately, he's like, he's like are, are all humans this nice? <laughs> and honestly, I would have been terrified. If you crash land on Mars, and then someone's wrapping ropes around you and pulling you out by the neck. Like, I would be a little terrified. I don't think po- like kind and understanding would be my first assumption about those aliens. Yeah. Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> when she's asked whether all people are good or all people are that nice or whatever in Galaxy Four, she's she she's she's awfully optimistic and says she doesn't know if everyone is good or not. And mm. then in Cybertron, at least she's like, "Well, probably not everyone." I love how like she's literally like, "Oh, everyone's good and nice and stuff." And then like I think it immediately just cuts to this random view of this dude's face with shades and you're like, "Oh, this dude is not good." <laughs> was that the yeah. guy that was the was that the Bigfoot hunter? Uh, yeah, like Forest I think Ranger? it was the sheriff. I think a report Forest Ranger. Yeah, he was some sort of police unit. He's like, "We got a Bigfoot on our hands." First off, <laughs> they don't really talk like that in Colorado, but okay. The Bigfoot, and then crop circles. <laughs> He's like, they're squares. I lost my mind when they said it's Bigfoot in platform shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That, that killed me. I was dead. Rest in peace, Trish. Bigfoot in platform shoes. Disco Bigfoot. I'm going to commission that from someone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes. That was hilarious. And then I thought the dude was funny. He was like, I think it was the same dude. He was like, oh my gosh, crop circles. And then the forest ranger, he was like, uh, there aren't any crops here. And besides, those are squares. This poor guy is just getting beat up today, verbally berated by this random park ranger. Yeah, and the park ranger is the one who said it was Bigfoot in stripper heels, I guess. And then he's like, no. But crop circles, that's ridiculous. Don't be right. don't be crazy, okay? Let's let's tone it down like ten notches, alright? It's not crop circles. It's Bigfoot going to his nighttime job, okay? God. See, my read of that scene was like someone's like, I found Bigfoot tracks and and the park ranger's like, Bigfoot wearing platform shoes. Right. I mean we <laughs> do, these are clearly tracks and we're gonna follow them, but no. <laughs> I like to interpret it more as he was really hoping that he was going to get to see Bigfoot on a pole. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, your your version makes more sense, Josh. And now that you've explained it, it makes sense. But I legitimately thought this dude was expecting to find Bigfoot in platform heels. It, I didn't catch it as sarcastic at all. So that's, but your way makes sense. Are you saying well, the acting? it's not our fault that the voice acting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, ugh. I found it extremely entertaining, like not quite headmaster's level of entertaining, but, you know, Optimus being like jet fire and immediately getting, yes, sir. And then are you certain? Yeah. (laughs) Right. 
It's so campy. I thought it was funny how every single Transformer had, like, a different accent, but progressively throughout the show, it blurred into, like, a different accent. Like, I think (laughs) at one point in time, Jetfire, he's, like, Australian, but at one point in time, he goes, like, Irish or Scottish or something, and then just kind of slowly drifts back towards Australian, and then he's, like, British, which the two are very close, mind you, Australian and British, but they're, like, bopping all over the accent realm throughout the entire show, and it makes it kind of difficult to keep the characters straight when they all sound kind of weird and robotic. Fortunately, Jetfire's design is a train wreck, so it's pretty easy to pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> he definitely looks better in animation than he does in toy form. Rewatching, it, I was like, I never got a Jetfire toy. I wonder what... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Scattershot's accent was supposed to be, because it just went all over the place so completely. I was like, oh, Irish, Scottish, uh, British? I don't, where are we going with New York? Where are we going with this New York? I don't, I don't know. It was very confusing. You know, until you said New York, I was gonna say in the air quotiest air quotes, Southern? No. But maybe it is supposed to be New York. It's not Southern. Southern was reserved for TC. Oh yes. I don't I don't know my my northeastern accents well, but it could have been like Jersey or something, but because it wasn't super New Yorker, but that could be somebody like vaguely trying to be a New Yorker. I don't really know. New York was just one of the options that came to mind. That was the one you kind of stuck with the most, was kind of leaning towards New Yorker kind of that tang to it, but I don't I don't really know. It was very he bopped back and forth. I was getting Boston vibes. Yeah, I like that. That makes more sense, Boston. See the interesting thing about Jetfire's voice at least is that in Armada and Energon, Jetfire is voiced by Scott McNeil, who is from Australia, even though he doesn't have an Australian accent that I've heard. And when they decided for Cybertron, they wanted Jetfire to have an Australian accent because that is ultimately what they're going for. They recast him with Brian Drummond instead. They took <laughs> they took the role away from the Australian. <laughs> they took the Australian off the show for the Australian bot. And apparently uh, Scattershot's voice actor is Richard Ian Cox, who is Welsh-Canadian. Hmm. I'm sure that's not his natural accent, but that might explain why his accent as Scattershot is not as easy to pin down. Yeah, probably. And that's probably why I was getting like, like it, it was Scottish and then it wasn't. And then it was, it sounded, it, it did sound a little Canadian at times that I just had, did not recognize the Canadian. I was like, what is that? But that probably explains it. He, why he bebopped around from so many different tiny variants. Yeah. See, to me, these are just all the voices of these characters. I never noticed the accents apart from Jetfire <laughs> when I was young. See, I noted down that I really liked Hotshot's voice acting. I thought it was really solid. And now that I'm looking back, it's because he's the only one that wasn't trying to either scream or be have some kind of strange accent. Starscream also, I liked his voice a lot. I lo- yes, I liked Starscream. It's like Starscream, but like make it guttural. We love that. I really liked Armada Starscream. Is the hotshot actor the same from Armada? Because it sounded like it was. He is not, actually. That's Kirby Morrow. Really? Who voiced Rad in Armada. No offense to that voice actor, but I hated Rad. That is in no way his fault. That is the writing. No, it's not his fault at all, but I did not like that character at all. But I like this hotshot, so good job, dude. Kirby Morrow also voiced Mikami in Death Note. 
and uh, sadly he passed away in November of 2020. Aww. Yeah. I liked Death Note, though. That, that's a great show. Yes, it is. Don't even start, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, we, we know how you feel about it. Though, I think you would be the one who would know this, and I mean, since we're doing this episode by episode, no spoilers, but Starscream actually has, like, a brain in this show. Hello? Yes. <laughs> and is exceptionally competent for a Starscream. Oh, that's surprising. One thing I was surprised to see rewatching it here is that, uh, actually, I'm not sure if, if this happened in the four versions of two episodes that I watched or if I'm remembering bits of it from other random clips I've been watching over the past couple of weeks before we did this, but it seems like Megatron was really dissing Starscream at one point. And funnily enough, from my childhood, I felt like I remembered Megatron and Starscream having a generally good working relationship, where Megatron generally seemed to trust and respect Starscream's opinion, but uh, maybe not. I'm sure that does come up at certain points. He did a good job. I mean, he did stop Megatron from straight out destroying that map thing. He was like, uh, hey, Megatron, this map is thousands of years old. Maybe you should think about how the galaxy moves around before you go blatantly destroying stuff. Hands down to Scarscream on that call. But I also thought it was funny how he's like, hey, Megatron, you say this thing's here. I don't, I don't see, I don't see this cyber key. I, I don't know what you did, but I don't see this cyber key. I think it's funny how he's like totally calling him out one second and then being like, hey, Megatron, dummy, the thing is thousands of years old, okay? Hold your horses. And that was just a funny like little flip-flop to watch Starscream do. But I love the Starscream already. Yeah. The best part about that bit was like, I don't see it on this asteroid. Megatron, oh, yeah. Megatron smashes it open. Well, then, okay, I don't see it in this asteroid either. That was beautiful. <laughs> I thought that was great. I like that Megatron has his classic crackhead energy where, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic because it's usually, maybe I just read too much fan fiction, but like, usually it's either the Megatron's kind of going bonkers and Starscream is kind of like the voice of reason that happens a bit in Prime, or mm-hmm. Starscream is the rabid one and Megatron is the one kind of shutting him down. Which happens most of the time in Prime. <laughs> yeah. But this had like really good energy where... You know, Megatron's kind of an idiot, and Starscream's keeping him grounded, and that's, like, kind of fresh and spicy, and I like it. I liked it. it. I liked it. Yeah, like, Starscream's usually the kind of chaotic one, but he's he's the chill one now. It's like, okay. This seems like a great way to segue into the uh, question that I had watching these couple episodes, and that's, wait, so... Hotshot, Jetfire, Vector Prime, Landmine, Scattershot, Optimus Prime. Transform and roll out. Megatron, Starscream, Thundercracker. Uh, Megatron, Starscream, Thunder. Are there are there three Decepticons? As Is of that right it? now, yes. As of right now, we've only seen we've only seen Thundercracker, Megatron, and Starscream, and those are the only ones who've been referenced. That's it. And they really haven't done anything to pose a threat in any way. They're just the um in the the immortal words of of landmine. They're just like us, but they're the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, but can I say one thing about that scene where Megatron just randomly storms in and steals the, what is it, the map to the, I don't, I can't remember anything, the map from Vector Prime and Scattershot? Okay, but that music, the organ music, that was amazing. I was getting some serious Phantom of the Opera vibes. It was amazing. I loved it. The soundtrack for this show, when it's not blasting the uh, American Cybertron theme at you, oh, is God. amazing. And I oh, love the so Cybertron good. theme. It is a bop, and it's great, it great and it is a meme. But one of the biggest notes I have for these couple of episodes is, oh my gosh, every time they use that theme within the episode, it is extremely jarring. It is... And it freak at at one point when yeah. they're transforming on Cybertron right after they've all scanned their new alt modes, there's music playing, like just regular incidental music for the show. And then they start transforming and then it suddenly cuts to the to the Cybertron theme. It was very choppy. We go back into more of the scene for about twenty seconds, and they bring back in the incidental music. And then when somebody else transforms, they cut that and then back to the Cybertron theme and it's just back and forth and pick something and stick with it. And, and please pick the music, not the Cybertron theme. Like, we've heard enough. one time at the beginning of each episode is more than enough. Please <laughs> mix it up a little, guys. I love a magical girl transformation. That's like my favorite part of animated was all the, the, the transformation scenes. I love them. But I also did write in my notes, please, God, stop the transformation sequences because it happened like eight times. Oh, it was too many. And since it's dubbed from Japanese, they also announce everything they're doing, which is just a huge pet peeve of mine. I hate it so much when they announce, like, that's the one thing that I struggle with in Beast Wars, much as I love Beast Wars, but everyone maximize, terrorize, transform, shut up. That's what you should do. <laughs> you should shut up. Just do it. Don't tell the world what you're doing. Have you ever seen R.A.D. 2001? No, I'm no. scared of it. Yeah. So there are these three Predacons, Slapper, Gas Skunk, and Darkscream, who all have special, unique, wonderfully named uh, weapons that they always shout every time they all fire them in sequence. And these weapons are called right laser, left laser, center laser. I hate it. (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I I have my sleep paralysis demon is Pterosaur sitting in the corner of my room yelling, Pterosaur, arise! That's all I hear. That's all I hear. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's scary, but it's also hilarious. Like, it's hilarious right now, but when you're, like, asleep in the middle of the night, like, Pterosaur, Terrorite! Like, no, please, no. I just, I hate when they announce stuff. I'm like, yeah, we get it. This show is called Transformers. We're aware that you're transforming, sis. Like, we get it. You don't have to tell us what you're doing. You're turning into a car. Or, you know, a pterodactyl. On the bright side, they will lighten up on the announcing things bit. They do tend to say transform a lot in the Unicron trilogy whenever they transform, though it varies. Uh, We won't get so much of screaming things, uh, well, except for cyber key power, which every, every time, pretty much. So, you know what? There isn't a bright side to this. Oh, no, actually, the the bright side I was going to get into is the we will have a lot, 
a lot, a lot of <laughs> stock transformation sequences in this show. They will probably uh, compose at least three to five percent of each episode's runtime. Oh well, the nice thing with, that they do with all these stock transformation sequences is that because they're so long and so pointless, <laughs> what they end up doing in Cybertron is they have the actors... See, I'm not sure if it's scripted or ad-libbed or some combination of both. It, it's probably scripted, but they they have them just... They just talk over the transformation sequences, which on the one hand is extremely enjoyable, and on the other hand makes you realize, wait, that means these things are happening in real time, and the entire rest of the cast is just standing around waiting for this to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when you say they talk, are they having, like, is it as if they're talking, you know, in the show? Or does it just stop and we hear, like, studio noises in the background? Because either way, I'm on oh board. Oh, guys. Well, we'll get stuff like Optimus Prime, Super Mode. Now, Thundercracker, get ready for a big butt whooping. I'm going to kick you halfway <laughs> across the galaxy. And it'll be that. See, I watch a lot of Magical Girl anime, and there's, like, the the implication that while the transformation is happening, you know, time is paused. So I like the concept of Megatron patiently waiting for his ex-boyfriend to finish transforming before right? beating right? him up. <laughs> oh uh, I can't wait for the express train to Loserville scene. Wait, the, what? The pardon? Yeah, right? <laughs> The what? I'm sorry. Please, please, please elaborate. I promise you, I will draw attention to it in the episode in which it occurs. Oh, boy. Oh, if we're talking about chaotic scenes, what happened at the gas station? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Newman stole the scene. That's what happened oh at the my gas gosh. station. My boy, uh, Richard Newman. Hey, there was nobody behind the wheel of that race. And you think I'm the one who's crazy? What? That truck just drove itself. I saw it with my own eyes. That had to be like at least 50% ad-libbed. It was too it funny to, to be, be a part of the it actual script. Be. The only thing I wrote down in my notes was, hey, what the naughty word happened at the gas station? <laughs> because Optimus just rolls up and, uh, you know, like, what? He's like just sitting there, not even getting gas, just sitting there waiting to get information that he, he has Okay, why would you pick this gas station? It's just a random gas station. You have no idea where you are. You don't even have any idea who they're talking about. You don't even know what Bigfoot is. How do you have any idea that that's where Landmine is, first off? And then, oh, it's a great idea if you're a robot in disguise to just be like, thanks for the information, gentlemen, and just roll <laughs> off. Like, great covert ops right there, buddy. A plus on your covert ops. I mean, you totally failed the whole covert part, but you know, at least you got your information. And he was the what? one giving attitude to everyone about the alt modes, because he was like, he was. Oh, you're, you're gonna have a tanked alt mode? That's not very undercover, is it? I'm just gonna go up to this human without my tinted windows so that he can see that I'm driving myself. <laughs> like, excuse you, sir. Put your money where your mouth is. We get a lot of a lot of Autobots talking in vehicle mode to humans as they're supposedly in disguise and humans weirdly responding as if they're talking to a truck. <laughs> so their answer isn't going to be, oh, thanks. Their answer is going to be, hey, thanks, whoever's in that truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? And didn't they scan alt modes on Cybertron? 
So this is a bit of a weirdness that comes from the chopping up of episodes. In Galaxy Force, we have a quick cold open of a planet falling into the black hole. It is no dialogue with somber music that I've never heard anywhere else. It's not on the soundtrack, and that makes me sad because I like that track now. That world was in danger. And then we cut back to Earth, and while Kobe and Lori are arguing... In the English version, they're arguing about flavors of ice cream. By the way, Kobe is right, strawberry. Yep. Um, no, Lori is right, chocolate. <laughs> You're wrong! <laughs> You're wrong! Oh, that was really loud, sorry. <laughs> so, so you know, then Bud comes in and like, Kobe, Lori, when life gives you lemons, drink orange soda! That line doesn't exist in Japanese, and it makes me sad. I forget what he says, he just doesn't say the orange soda bit. It was so random. I was wondering if that was some kind of translation error. No, it's just Bud's sense of humor. Oh, well, I hate him, so. I love how it completely shocked them into stopping arguing, though, which was probably the whole point of it. They're like, wait, orange soda? As he shoves a cup of what I can only assume to be orange soda in their face. It'd be so funny if it wasn't orange soda. Right, it's just like water or, you know, uh, it'd be even funny if it was lemonade and he just randomly shouts out, orange soda, but it's actually lemonade and he just totally forgot. Maybe he totally forgot what the name of it was or I don't, I don't even know, but it'd be hilarious if it was actually, you know, lemonade, like the saying goes. So Bud gives them the orange soda, they calm down, Lori drinks it and she ends up spilling some of it onto Kobe's bike and he gets mad about it and starts arguing with her about how machines are alive and they they have feelings and she's just completely shutting him down like, no, they're not. What about that jet up there? Is that alive? Yeah! And then we we pan up and it's jet fire flying overhead and a narrator, which wasn't in the episode before, isn't really in the episode much after that. This Japanese narrator is really weird because he doesn't, like, narrate like a normal narrator. He just randomly says things. And in this case, he says, By coincidence, Kobe's words were correct. <laughs> okay, I, I'm glad you're talking about the Japanese show because I was like, wait, when in the English show does this happen? <laughs> yeah, and in the Japanese version, Jetfire's flying overhead and he's actively scanning Earth alt modes. And then he goes back and that's when we have the scene of everyone scanning their alt modes on Cybertron. Oh. It's because Jetfire had just come back from a recon mission. Oh. That makes so much more sense. And that's why he's the one distributing the alt modes to everybody. Although it doesn't really make as much sense where he then transforms as if he's just scanned his alt mode. I guess the intention of the Japanese version was he's transforming to show them, look at this thing that I have now. Wait, so if the Japanese version has a reasonable explanation for that does it explain why Lori ran away to change her shirt because i'll be honest i assumed you were gonna say that Lori spilled orange soda on her shirt which is why she then left to change that's what i thought it, was happening well, it, too. It's, it's the same explanation is that she she changed so that she could help with the repairing of of landmine essentially she's thinking of this well we're gonna be opening up a car and trying to fix it like i'm gonna get covered in grease and oil and all that jazz i'm gonna change into clothes i don't care about your brother's clothes, which, by the way, not the smartest idea to steal your brother's shirt, especially if it's a rock band that he likes and listens to. Like, that probably was <laughs> not a good move. I'm just gonna say. Especially if it's a brother who doesn't actually exist. Yeah. And right. how far away do they live from this place? The The world building confused me. 
it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I thought they were in like a desert in the middle of nowhere doing something, but then she just walks away. Uh, well, we actually see her house in in Galaxy Force. She has some kind of uh, summer home or something in the middle of... This is supposed to be the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I forget when they establish it, but they will at some point. They... Yeah. And so Kobe and his family are out doing, like, dirt bike racing or whatever, and she's within earshot of that. That's why she comes out. We actually get a scene of her at home trying to relax, and you can and she can hear the dirt bikes... And she calls a friend to complain about it, and then it gets even louder, and then she finally goes out to yell at them. Okay, because we just got the part where she's just yelling at them. She's like, who moved up here for peace and quiet, not for motocross? And he's like, I don't even remember what he says, but it's just randomly that. And I'm like, well, it seems like you're in the middle of nowhere. Where are you staying that you're hearing all of this motocross? Yeah. I also like that they say they're going to they're gonna lead Landmine to the, the forest. And he's like, oh, that's a good idea. How? That's a good idea how, Landmine. Like, <laughs> I mean, how I guess is... he can hide in the trees, question mark? The trees that he's taller than? <laughs> he already crash landed and created a crater. I, oh, and apparently there's tracks that everybody else can follow now. So... How is this stealthy at all? Leaving you in no, this that, forest? No, those are those are Bigfoot. That's Bigfoot. It's fine. Big, no, Bigfoot in platform shoes. Mm, don't forget that part. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> or maybe crop circles. I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. But they're actually squares. Can we address the jet continuity? <laughs> in the first episode, it's a fighter jet, and it's talking about bulldog to mother hen. And then in the last episode, it says oceanic flight, whatever. Like, is it supposed to be the same thing? It is. They just <laughs> dubbed it differently. Apparently, the oceanic flight thing, according to TF Wiki, is a reference to Lost. Oh, geez. That makes it worse somehow. <laughs> and I mean, let's just say their radio etiquette was absolutely abhorrent. I'm just going to say their radio etiquette sucked. It, it was bad. It was bad radio etiquette. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard to have good radio etiquette. I've taught it to people in like an hour. You can have it in your script. It's okay, especially when I'm assuming that was, it looked like it was a military flight. So I'm pretty sure they know how to do their mili- their radio etiquette. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> it's also apparently, according to TF Wiki, a Russian jet. <laughs> Why is there a nice. Russian jet flying over? I, I don't even know where. Is it flying over Colorado or is it flying over somewhere else? Uh, well, since since Thundercracker, by all appearances, just randomly happens to stumble across Landmine while not trying in any way, let's assume it is Colorado. Oh, that brings up a very interesting idea. Is this like a dystopian future? Is this yeah. the past? Is this the present? Why is why are we being spied on by Russians? What's yeah, going why are on? the Russians back? <laughs> Oh, if you want to talk about when this is, oh boy, do I have questions. <laughs> okay, so nobody knows great. Allegedly, Cybertron takes place 10 years after Energon, which takes place 10 years after Armada. Half of this makes sense. Which takes, huh. place... Which takes place when? Armada was presumably contemporary. Uh, so I guess 2002 or whatever. Ener- so Armada's in the present Energon's 10 years after that, so that's like 2010. So Cybertron takes place in 2020? Wait. (laughs) (laughs) 
what what I'm implying here is that somehow the cyber planet keys are responsible for the events of 2020. Oh. Um, well, the thing is here that Armada and Energon have very clear and very simple continuity. A few characters disappear between shows, a few new characters show up, everyone's body changes for some reason, except some of the Decepticons. But, like, Energon is very clearly a terrible sequel to Armada. Cybertron, on the other hand, does not carry any aspect of the years of history from Armada and Energon. In Energon, they had, like, the, the Transformers were public knowledge. They had treaties. They had settlements on Earth. They were friends with the president or something. And all that jazz. In Cybertron? Uh, nope. Like, they're, they're in disguise. What, what is Earth? Hmm. I've never heard of Earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, I appreciate your logic, but I'm still blaming Megatron for the coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> yep. But yeah, weren't the Minicons all scattered on Earth? Uh, in yeah, Armada, yes. Yeah. What's the deal with Minicons, dude? Yeah, I remember <laughs> Jolt, so what? Like, where did Jolt go? Like, because Jolt was in Armada. Is that the same Jolt? Is there a different Jolt? If it's the same Jolt, how the heck does he not know what Earth is if he spent time on it before? <laughs> if it's a different Jolt, why is this Jolt also an absurdly tiny helicopter? <laughs> right? And the absurdly tiny race car and truck. The music that played when the Minicons showed up. Oh, it made me so happy. It's such a fun little track that comes out of nowhere and is way too loud. <laughs> okay, but I've got to say the Minicon introduction in Inferno made way more sense than it did in, um, what is the first one called? Fallen? Because in Fallen, he's just like, hi, I'm Jolt. And that's just it. The other two Minicons just stand there. And until one of them's yeah. like, wait, who are these people? But then in Inferno, he's like, I'm Jolt. This is six speed or something, and this is this other guy over here that I whose name I don't remember. And we're minicons, blah 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 blah. But in the first episode, he doesn't even introduce them; they just kind of stand there awkwardly. Oh, th that's <laughs> your take on their introduction? I have another interesting point on that. <laughs> in Fallen, Vector Prime is asked about like how oh we've we've lost the map. No, I can't make another one. It'll take too long. The, the black hole grows ever larger. Minicons, come forth! <laughs> right? And then I love how Jolt is just randomly like, you know, Vector Prime is a very comfy ride, even despite his high mileage. I was like, bro! <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, that, oh. I was like, excuse you. He what? called him this old. Is, this is That funny. is not what I'm, that's not what I'm gleaning from that. <laughs> huh? Vector Prime, yes! Oh, Susan. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but that's what I was thinking too. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. And I was like, first off, that's kind of insulting. That's like a double-edged sword there, buddy. You're like, backhanded compliment. You're being like, oh, you know, it's it's super nice to ride inside Vector Prime being who knows where. Oh, but you know, he's, he's super old, and so he shouldn't be this nice to ride inside of but he is for some odd reason like but you're ancient dude it's so weird it was just so weirdly worded at such a weird time just everybody in the dub is so so sassy oh they're so sassy right? i love it the attitude makes me so happy it's so cute 
And none of that exists in the Japanese version. Everyone's super serious and very boring. Well, they don't really <laughs> do sarcasm over there. No. But Thundercracker, even despite his strange accent, he was, like, super sassy. I mean, Thundercracker is literally, like, a bad impression of Tomater. He's, like, the redneck of the show as of right now. I don't know if that theme <laughs> continues, but he's so redneck in this show in these first two episodes. It's like, oh, my gosh. He's just... He's like, it's like the 4th of July out here. I was like, dude, first off, how do you even know what the 4th of July is? He even does the uh, Gomer Pyle reference. The what reference? Gomer Pyle. I think I'm too young for this one. Or he says, surprise, surprise, surprise. I'm definitely too young for this one, so I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) Boomer. That's a Gomer Pyle line. It's okay, Stuart. We still love you, even though you're an old coot. Woo, man. Just getting thrown under the bus. Even though you have high mileage. <laughs> <laughs> I am the vector prime of this. So that's how we're, we're all going to have to come up with like little intros for ourselves as this goes on. Now that we have like our, you know, we have our actual information out there. So Stuart's going to be like, hi, I'm Stuart. I'm the high mileage one of the group. <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, can I just say like Optimus, he's a fire truck, right? So when this random forest fire comes out of nowhere that didn't happen in the first episode, <laughs> but all of a sudden this, these missiles that uh, Thundercracker launches at Optimus shot down in the first episode land in the ground in the second episode, or the last episode, I guess. And instead of being like, I'm a fire truck, let me put this fire out, Optimus is like, Phasma cannons ignite and turn on so I can hyper-ionize this water and put out the fire. Right. I don't know if I want hyper-ionized water putting out this fire. (laughs) Like, I was so confused. My notes for that scene said, The super mode cannons should what the what with the water? (laughs) Multiple question marks. (laughs) What? The phased inductors in my super mode plasma cannons should hyper-ionize this lake water and put out the fire. You're a fire truck, bro. Seriously. You should have water or something. But he's not like, let me get this water and put out the fire. He's like, let me shoot this water with my plasma cannons and turn it radioactive and then dump it on the humans. (laughs) (laughs) Good logic, dude. Eh, they'll be fine. So we do have two very different versions of the fight between uh, Optimus and Thundercracker over these two episodes. Oh, yeah. In in one... uh, Optimus is extremely sassy, just just <laughs> constantly trash talking Thundercracker, and in the other one he actually gives him like the opportunity to surrender and go home. The latter version where he gives Thundercracker a clear opening to surrender is actually what happens in the Japanese version. What what's everyone's preference between those two scenes? I mean, the second one is a little more like traditionally Optimus, but I also kind of liked the sass even though the second one gave Thundercracker a chance to be the sassy one because he was like, it's over, Optimus. I have the high ground. I'm going to Obi-Wan Kenobi my way out of this thing. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that just jumped at me. I was like, oh, we're Obi-Wan Kenobi now. But I liked them both for different reasons. I mean, both of them were cringy in their own way, too. But that's just my opinion. Stuart, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you have the talking stick now. I thought the second one was better. And that's like the second time they asked a Decepticon to surrender. Starscream did the same thing. Where he's like, let me think about it. No, 
And yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, they changed up the Starscream one too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was funny. I just liked the line where Starscream hit him with that sass and was, you know, like, you should surrender. And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> he was literally like, let me think about it here for a second. Uh, no. I think what he actually said, I think he said like, oh, is that all I have to do? Mm, on second thought, no. And then <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was, it was beautiful. I love him for it. I like the bit in Inferno. I forget what fight it is. But at one point, I have written down in my notes, Starscream goes, nya, 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 nya. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so in character. I love him. He's so beautiful. See, to me, that felt slightly out of character because he's usually much more serious. I guess in this show, yeah, but it felt like a good return to form for Starscream to be an absolute moron. And, you know, just the sassiest, sassy dude ever. Also kind of... Like, he's so... He has such childish moments in most of the other shows. And this, you know, calm and composed and collected Starscream go, nee, 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 nee. It's just, It was just hilarious. Yeah. Well, does anyone have any more important notes, or are we hitting that, that time limit? I mean, my biggest note was... Optimus randomly turning water radioactive. <laughs> and that's how acid rain was invented. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to Cybertron. Optimus tried to put out a fire and made the entire water system turn acidic. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that the human characters seem relatively unfazed by the fact that there's a black hole that is devouring large chunks of the galaxy. Like, they're like, wow, a black hole? Okay. I mean, when they were that chill about finding a giant robot just kind of sprawled in this crater in some town in the middle of nowhere in Colorado and just were like, oh, cool, let's, you know, just pull this guy out of here with our quad. I mean, it makes sense that a black hole at the center of the universe slowly reeling themselves towards oblivion wouldn't even phase him at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have nothing well else to said. say. Well said. <laughs> yeah, somebody else say something and then Stewie's just like yeah it's, 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 it's just yeah like like a little pat on the back like good good job buddy i i agree but you know just have this little verbal pat on the back <laughs> the the thing that i don't get is exactly what are the cyber planet keys supposed to do about the black hole am i the only one with this question they opened the omega lock like, they, they're supposed to cyberform. Are you going to cyberform the black hole? Ugh, I can't talk. Like, how is that going to work? Just turn a black hole into solid mass again? Is that going to still have the same gravitational field? Or what? Yeah, I thought they were... I thought they were implying that they were just going to, like, make a new Cybertron because the Omega Lock can cyberform a planet. But now that I'm thinking about it, that really doesn't solve the problem at all. <laughs> like, yeah. There's still a black hole in the center of the universe. Oh, yeah. Was, okay. Uh, uh, the black hole ate Cybertron. Uh, let's go to the next planet over and turn that into a Cybertron. Oh, that one's gone to next one. Yep. <laughs> we just <laughs> keep doing that ad infinitum. <laughs> that seems to be completely manufactured by the dub. The bit about turning any planet into a mirror image of Cybertron, I didn't hear that in Galaxy Force. I heard them say that, and it's called something else. In Galaxy Force, they call them the Planet Force, and I believe the Omega Lock is called the Chip Square. 
and the individual cyber planet keys are called uh, force chips. Just a lot of weird names here. I really like the force chips. Like you're just going to snack on some force chips over here. But it's specifically called out as the power of Primus's spark. But it doesn't. Say, they don't say what it does. I did really like, I think it was Vector Prime said something about, um, he started a sentence by saying the power of Primus and then like kind of paused. And I swore on my life he was going to say the power of Primus compels you. And <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so excited. I was like, yes, give me an exorcism queen. But we didn't get that. That was very sad. He said it was like he just like looked at the camera and was like the power of Primus. You're just waiting for it. I thought he was going to say the same thing. I was just waiting for it. And then I don't know what he said or if he just kind of continued to stare off into nowhere. <laughs> They're going to perform an exorcism on the black hole. <laughs> they uh. opened the door to like a fun lore moment and then just like left it open and didn't go through it or anything. I was like, okay, talk to me about how Primus is the center of Unicron like they kind of do in, in, in Prime, you know. And, but they didn't. They just left it there. They were like, How, who is the center and the spark of Cybertron? And then just left it there and didn't, didn't explain any further what was going on. And you're like, what's happening? And the Autobots are like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we should. They, they didn't. And they kind of just mirrored what he said, but you never actually were explained as to what the heck is going on. And if so, why would you have the intent of, like, stopping this black hole or like cyber forming other planets when apparently cybertron is now as it is in the other continuities a living you know identity and we're just gonna like let it be consumed by the black hole you know great job guys on your ethics over there <laughs> you know what i really appreciate that they introduce a macguffin or four macguffins rather that form one larger macguffin <laughs> and they they're so true to the trope that I'm almost proud of them for just not bothering to even try to begin to explain it. They're like, we need these. And everyone's like, okie dokie. So that's yeah. the You're plot like, what now. what do these do? Why do we need these? I mean, that is a literal MacGuffin. Is a, we don't know what it does. It doesn't matter what it does. We just need it. Yeah, and like some people... <laughs> Some people try to explain, like, you know, oh, here's why we need it. And Cybertron's like, no, we just do. In Galaxy Force, they give you a little more in that regard, is that they, they seem to be talking about wanting, about needing the power of Primus specifically. Only Primus is powerful enough to stop the black hole. I think they mention that a little bit in Cybertron as well. But in Galaxy Force, the Autobots are very confused, you know, <laughs> like us. As to what exactly Vector Prime is even proposing this treasure hunt is supposed to accomplish. And he, you know, he kind of calls them out on, like, you, you, you doubt Primus? And the Autobots at this point are like, we need to think about it. And then Starscream attacks because Megatron and Starscream have been listening in from their fire dimension. That, that little aspect was cut in, in the English dub. Wait, they're huh. what? <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm very confused right now. The Decepticons live in a fire dimension. Mm. Why, why do they live in this dimension and what is it? Is it just eternal? Is it hell? <clears throat> what is it? I mean, the music cue that plays whenever we see it or whenever they enter is called Flames of Hades. So yeah, it's basically hell. Uh, it'll, nice. We'll see more of it later. It Good just seems them. to be where they hide. 
and like it might just be like a Mustafar planet or something like that, but canonically okay. it is referred to as a fire dimension because it does seem to be in a different dimension or something. They also kind of fail to mention the fact that the black hole was caused by Unicron in, I think, the end of Energon, like when they, they nuke Unicron and then he turns into a black hole. They said something about it. They said something about the war yeah. with Unicron causing the black hole, but they didn't get into any specifics about it. I mean, I just assumed that the black hole, like, was there when, like, they unleashed some sort of nuclear force and it created this black hole, but because I haven't seen the end of Energon or anything. So I just kind of assumed that, but no, they did not explain it at all, aside from referencing that the war with Unicron is what caused this black hole to open. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I've never seen the end of Energon either, but that's a different story. <laughs> Lucky uh, you. Even as a child, I don't think I ever saw the end of it, because I don't think it ever actually aired. Lucky mm. you. <laughs> Poor Susan. I hate Energon. I love hating Energon, though. Like, it's like TFA Sentinel Prime for me. Like, I, I feel so alive oh when I'm hating God. it. TFA Sentinel Prime with his butt chin. <laughs> I'm low-key hoping that this podcast becomes successful enough that we finish Cybertron, and then we go back and do Armada, and then we are all like, oh, no. Now we kind of have to do Energon, don't we? <laughs> yeah, or we might just have to draw straws for a random Transformers show to do next. Like, just put all the Transformers shows in a hat and, like, pick one. Because I don't know if I can suffer through three straight shows of whatever this is. Like, it's, it's not terrible, <laughs> but, like, I watched 13 episodes of Armada and was ready to just not exist anymore. I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, oh, thank gosh we're doing Cybertron and not Armada because I'm gonna... Carlos is just gonna drive me over the edge here <laughs> yeah armada's only good in like like the last third or so in the my starscream that's, that's nice to know okay but i loved starscream starscream was the only thing that kept me watching armada like honestly because he was so hilarious and i liked his design too i thought it was super cute cute okay interesting word for that <laughs> i was oh, going Josh. to say his wing turns into a sword this is awesome but all right <laughs> you clearly cute. haven't talked to us enough. I told you how I feel about Waspinator earlier. <laughs> Waspinator. Well, he is precious. He's so adorable. We're trying to keep this podcast PG-13 so I can't elaborate on how I feel about Waspinator. Waspinator's like the Sam Weiss of Transformers. He just, everybody adores him and wants to, you know, give him a hug. See, now I have terrible ideas in my brain of Susan and Waspinator and whipped cream. <laughs> 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 now i save that special stuff for blitzwing come on <laughs> oh my gosh <clears throat> that killed me i mean especially with animated blitzwing we can definitely get into some role play there oh my god <laughs> don't get me started on animated blitzwing we gotta cut this short man it's getting too steamy in my apartment oh my that's that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do animated next. That's dangerous. That's my favorite show. I know everything about it, and I have a huge crush on Blitzwing. That's dangerous territory. I adore Blitzwing, and I adore Starscream, and I adore Megatron, and Optimus is just like, hello, let's come out and smell the roses. I'm like, dude. I love baby Optimus. I liked Prowl. He was really the only Autobot that didn't give me a splitting headache was Prowl, and he was adorable. 
that's because he's constantly being given a splitting headache by everyone else. Yes, yes, pretty much. There's one thing I want to do here before we wrap things up, or as we wrap things up, and that is rate these episodes on a scale of one to four cyber planet keys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um... Are we rating it on how good it was or how much we enjoyed it? Because those are two very different numbers. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to give it, I'll start off. I'm going to give it three and a half Cyber Planet Keys because I didn't have a clue what was going on the entire time, but it was so chaotic that I laughed out loud multiple times. And I appreciate that. It's like, it was so bad that I enjoyed it thoroughly deep in my heart, soul, and brain. Pass the talking stick. Uh, Trish. Trish, All right, talking cool. stick. I have the talking stick. I'm going to wave this imaginary stick above my head just to make sure that everybody knows I have it. Okay, cool. That's established. I'm going to give... I'm going to separate them because I liked the different episodes, different levels. I'm going to give the first one, uh, Fallen, it's going to get a... You know what? That one's going to get a two out of four cyber keys just because I couldn't decide if I was genuinely entertained or mildly annoyed the entire time and then inferno inferno's gonna get a three just because i cracked up numerous times in inferno and now the talking stick that i am waving above my head is going to go to josh all right so i'm going to give uh fallen one and a half cyber planet keys because it is a jumbled mess as i keep saying and very confusing and I don't understand how child Josh completely understood everything that was going on enough that I can understand it now without having seen Galaxy Force episode one that puts everything in the right order and makes sense. Uh, Inferno, however, gets three cyber planet keys just for all of the fun sass and especially the, uh, the, the Richard Newman character at the gas station is just so entertaining to me. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Force Episode 1, though, that I give four Cyber Planet Keys because it's a very strong Ooh. opening. It puts everything in the right order. You understand what's happening. Are you even allowed to rate something we haven't seen? Like, I'm not, is that is that against the rules or what? what's going on here? <laughs> I did provide a link to watch Galaxy Force and encourage oh, did you? it. But oh. I'm sure I did. And the, I don't, but I also I don't know I, I did I didn't so much encourage it as as I did say I have undertaken to watch both the Japanese and the English versions. Here's where you may do so as well. But this is my burden. No, no, I, that's how I read it. I read it as like you were gonna take on this sole burden, and you're just gonna put it on you know your shoulders, and that was your deal. So I was like, oh cool, cool. This is this is his deal. I don't have to worry about that now. I don't give Galaxy Force episode two a different rating than 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 Inferno. I, I, they're they're the same episode. Talking stick. Uh, Stuart, have the talking stick. Okay. Uh, coming into this cold, the first episode fallen one cyber planet key. It did not make any sense. <laughs> there was no rails. There's no track. <laughs> it was just. It was, it was all over the place, and then. Inferno helped bring it all together. I'll give that two Cyberplanet keys. So together it makes three. It's kind of a good start to a series if it was edited properly. But yeah, that I'll, I'll go with one and two. Well, I didn't know we were 
kind of rate them separately. Oh. Okay, do, do you want, do you want to, <laughs> Stuart, do you want to pass the stick to Susan again so she can, you know, do it? Susan, again? you have the stick. <laughs> oh, thank you for this stick. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why I, I needed this stick because my answer is going to be very similar. The, the first episode... <laughs> Uh, Fallen, I'm giving um, one and a half Cyber Planet keys because it was incomprehensible in a very charming way. <laughs> and I'm going to give four, four Cyber Planet oh. keys. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah to the next uh, Inferno because it was just sheer, utter chaos. And I loved it. I was thoroughly entertained, even though I didn't know what was going on still, really. <laughs> I enjoyed it much more. And it made me giggle. The end. <laughs> applause, applause, applause. Jazz hands. <laughs> oh, also, can I make a request that it's not a stick, but like A, either something totally random or something Transformers related, like, you know, a cyber key or something. The Omega Lock? Ooh, yes. I want, I want the talking <laughs> Omega Lock. The Omega Talk? Oh, Josh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how do we kick you off of your own show? I don't know if we can. Bumblebee's voice box. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like that. Who gets the voice box? I, I agree. I think we should do that. I saved myself from being kicked off my own show. Yay. You're on thin ice. Watch it. Well, do you have do you have an outro? Uh, I'll probably just play some music. Uh Next time on the More Than Meets the Ear podcast, the Autobots build a house. What? (laughs) (laughs) For themselves? (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at MTMTEar and tune in next time to find out what? (laughs) Goodbye, listeners. See you next time. Bye. Octopus of Fairway. Remember when I said I didn't know how to talk? It is at this point that Stuart informs Uh-oh. us his microphone has not been recording the entire time. Oh, no! Oh, come on, Stu. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. Hold on, we can we can W in. Hi, I'm Stu. I'm Stu, and I'm, I'm from the 80s. I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You gotta put on a real bass voice. Listen, not all of us can achieve a perfect bass. No, I can't do it. Some of us are natural sopranos. Okay, maybe not that high. I'm an alto, though, but I'm not a, I'm not a soprano. If you want ungodly screeching, I can do soprano, but other than that, it's it's not happening. <laughs> hey, that's what it sounds like when I do soprano! <laughs> okay, I have the solution to this problem. Figure out what's going on and how to make it actually record. And then when you've figured out how to make it actually record, then I will cue you in and then you'll re-speak your little intro thingy as if nothing had has happened and then we'll continue our conversation. Ooh, we get to practice voice acting today, people. Wait, we're voice acting now? Well, Stu has to do it again. He has to do a take two. Now he's acting because it's not natural. Oi, everyone! Boy name's Jetfire! <laughs> are, you gonna, are you just Jetfire? You're not even going to tell us anything else about yourself? Or is that as far as you're planning on going? I wasn't prepared for any more of this, but I like shrimp on the barbies. <laughs> <laughs>
And <laughs> No you don't! You like prawns! <laughs> I once wrestled with an alligator. I don't think that's how they say it. Alligator? Alligator. That's how they say it. This exit is slowly dissolving into chaos. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> it's starting to turn into rat trap. <laughs> Well, at least I have plenty of stuff to play around with and include as either, like, before the thing starts or, at, or tacked on at the end as an outtake. Oh my gosh. Great. Thank you. Hey, Stuart, you fixed your mic yet? All right. I think I'm on. All right. Stuart, introduce yourself again as if nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. No technical difficulties. It's all fine. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh great now i've got the last five years stuck in my head thanks for that <laughs> so transformers cybertron is a <laughs> you know what well said i completely agree is that word yeah. for word from the wiki <laughs> <laughs> that's an outtake Galaxy Force's first two episodes were taken and edited together into some jumbled mess of what became the pilot for Energon. Of what became the pilot for Cybertron. <laughs> no one heard that. Wait, 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 wait. So, do you have these stock transformation sounds saved? <laughs> What do you mean the stock transformation sounds? Well, if there's if there's those sounds and they're like the the default ones that always get used, and if I was to, I don't know, say the fire truck word, <laughs> and you had to censor it out, could you use a transformation sound over my bad naughty word? I think this is a great idea. <laughs> I could certainly do something like that. <laughs> Stuart, say something so people remember you exist. Yeah, Stuart. Goodbye, listeners. See you next time. A high mileage stew signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs>